It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. What's up, Raider Nation? It's great to be back here in the studio with Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Shout out to JT The Brick, who had a, did a fantastic job this week out there at Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, getting ready for the Super Bowl. It's this Sunday. There will be a new champ. The Rams will leave the throne, and either the Philadelphia Eagles, hopefully, or the Kansas City Chiefs will be the king of the NFL for the 2022 season. The Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl for the third time in the last four years. They picked Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 draft, and since then, they've had a lot of success. They've had a lot of appearances in the AFC Championship games, and this is their third Super Bowl. And this Super Bowl will determine, for now, if Mahomes and Andy Reid will have a winning record in that big Sunday matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, who... In two years with Coach Sirianni, they've gone from barely having a winning record to being the best team in a very depleted NFC to being the NFC champions and now representing the conference in the Super Bowl. We know how Philly fans roll. They're crazy. They're nuts. They take it to another level, and Arizona is going to be painted in green with Philly fans that will go and they'll spend their hard-earned money to be over there at the Cardinals Stadium and represent. And I can't wait for it to be our turn. And I'm not talking about just the city of Las Vegas because all of this that is happening out there in Super Bowl week and Super Bowl weekend in Arizona, it's going to be happening out here in Vegas in a year. But I'm talking about us, the Raider Nation. I've said the day the Raiders win the Super Bowl, I'm going to get a tattoo with the with the shield. I'm ready for that. But also, well, right now I'm working the game, so I'm very fortunate about that. But in the past, I, I would always say the day the Raiders return to the Super Bowl, which will be my first one with me being over 21 and me making my own decisions, I was still a young man, a young kid, when the Raiders played against the Buccaneers out there in San Diego. I couldn't make that decision to go. It would have been my dad taking me to the game. Now with this one, I w- I'm, I've always said, the day the Raiders make the Super Bowl, I'll take out a loan. I'll max out my credit cards. I'm going to be there at that game. Hopefully, when the Raiders make it to the Super Bowl, I'm still calling the games and I get the honor to voice that matchup, but it, what does what has to happen, Raider Nation, for the Raiders to get to that level? Because now with the Kansas City Chiefs, they have consistency in the coaching position. They've been able to bring Andy Reid in, and he's been able to work now with a couple of quarterbacks in different manners. First, he had Alex Smith, 
And that Chiefs team, it was a defensive squad. And yes, they were winning games. And yes, they were making it to the playoffs, but they weren't able to take that next step. Now, with Patrick Mahomes, they're an offense superpower. And yes, they do have a dominant center, uh, defensive tackle in Chris Jones who can disrupt games, but their defense as a whole isn't dominant. But with their offense, if you're able to put up 30-plus consistently, that means you're going to be able to win a lot of games. And for the Chiefs, that meant they were able to get to the AFC Championship game and win it. They were able to have home, uh, home field advantage in the whole playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. Why? Because they had the best record in the conference. So what needs to happen for the Raiders to get there? I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. I got a couple of guests lined up today that are fantastic. First off, uh, Hannah Bassam from the Kansas City Chiefs Spanish radio broadcast will be on the line with me live from Phoenix, Arizona. She's the sideline reporter. This will be her third Super Bowl on the field while the action is happening. So she knows everything about this Kansas City Chiefs squad, so we'll be talking to her. And in the second hour of the show, I'm going to have Alvaro Martin, the legendary Spanish announcer for over thir- three decades in the NFL. He used to work for ESPN Deportes. He used to voice Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football in Mexico and South America with uh, Raul Alegre. Shout out to to the former kicker of the New York Giants who we've already had here on the show. And Alvaro Martinez is going to talk about this matchup. He's now the Spanish radio announcer for the Pittsburgh Steelers and also has his own website, Ritmo NFL, where he does a fantastic job. Hung out with him out here in Las Vegas last week during the Pro Bowl and spoke about the Raiders. So now... It's a home-and-home series. He's going to come on the air here today on the JT The Brick Show to talk about the Super Bowl. And, of course, I want to hear his opinion on the silver and black because, yes, over here I might have blinders and might be too focused and have opinions of my own about the Raiders, but I want to hear from people from out of town as well, people who view the Raiders in a different way than I do. So I want to hear what he has to say about the silver and black. So we got these two great guests lined up here on the JT The Brick Show. But remember, my most important guest all the time, it's you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. First off, the Super Bowl. This matchup has been one where it has been had divided opinions. The public, they're ready to see something different than Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid being out there in the Super Bowl celebrating it. Yes, they did win one. They beat the San Francisco 49ers 31-20, but then they got whooped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-9. What's going to happen this weekend? Are the Chiefs going to be able to be the Chiefs? We know that Patrick Mahomes in that Jaguars game the AFC Divisional round, he suffered a high ankle sprain. Somehow he was able to get back on the field and manage this team to a win. And then last week, well, two weeks ago, sorry, in the AFC Championship game, we saw him towards the end a little bit not feeling the best possible, but still being able to get a win in the AFC Championship game. Now he's had two whole weeks to recover to feel better, and that's going to be key for the Kansas City Chiefs because Mahomes, I hate to say it, he's the man right now in the quarterback position. He just won yesterday his second MVP award. He's, heck, best paid 
player in his position, and he's a standard bearer. He's the guy that every team needs to stop. And that's where you look over at the Philadelphia Eagles and you look over, and this is a team that ended the season with 70 sacks. They led the league with 70 sacks. It's the most sacks in franchise history. This is a team that could put pressure on the quarterback. And if you can disrupt everything that happens on that offensive line and have to make Patrick Mahomes improvise, which he's great at, and throwing those side passes and the only thing missing for Mahomes to do is uh, throw a pass with his back facing the field, not even looking at it and throw it and see if somebody catches it that way. Mahomes, he's been able to do it year after year after year after year since being drafted, since taking control of this Kansas City Chiefs team. Now will the Eagles find a way to do it? The Buccaneers, they were able to put him under pressure, and that cost them the game. They only put nine points on the board in that Super Bowl that was held over there in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Now, this Philadelphia Eagles team, how much do you trust the likes of Jalen Hurts? How much... Do you trust the likes of A.J. Brown, of Devontae Parker, these great pieces that they have on, on offense to be able to get the job done? Us in the Raider Nation, we're begging and we're hoping that the Eagles can pull it off because if the Chiefs win it, then you start talking about the potential of a dynasty and you start talking about the one of the most dominant teams in the past five years in the NFL. You still talk about a decade, and you got to talk about Brady. If you talk about the past five years, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes, the guy that's putting the numbers up, that's getting the MVPs, that's getting his team to the Super Bowl, and the guy that the Raiders need to face twice a year. Somebody that you don't want to be able to look at. And, and this is a guy that lost Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, one of the speediest players that we've seen in league history. And Mahomes, he spoke about the receivers that he has nowadays and how he saw the improvement in them despite them not being Tyreek Hill. Let's the listen to Pat Mahomes. The practices we have here is probably the hardest in the league, and they accepted the challenge every single day, and it, it, it made them better. And um, uh, even through those growing pains that we had together, we kept getting better and better, and that's why we're in the position that we're in today is because uh, we had guys that weren't only leaders but guys that worked hard and got themselves better every single day. Definitely. And that's one thing that when we called the Chiefs Raiders games uh, in the past, it used to be okay. You know what the formula is. They're going to go for Travis Kelsey. They're going to go for Tyreek Hill. This year, it was different. There were movements. And by losing Tyreek Hill, they lost a key player in their offense. Well, they were still able to produce and find production in other places. Of course, leading the helm was Travis McKel McK Travis Kelsey, sorry, but behind him, Juju Smith-Schuster produced nearly a 1,000-yard season. Jarek McKinnon, the running back, he produced the running back with the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL this season with nine. He produced Marquez Valdez-Scantling when healthy. He's a great guy. He produced for them as well, coming over from the Green Bay Packers. So he was able to get yardage out of this their guys. But Travis Kelsey, I mean, how the heck is he open? JT, I listen to him every day. And every time that the Raiders play the Chiefs, he's like, you got to find a way to stop Travis Kelsey. And every time the Raiders don't do it, 
He comes on the air on Monday and says, I told you so. You should have found a way to stop Travis Kelsey. The problem is you look at every other game that the Chiefs play, and Travis Kelsey finds a way to get open, finds a way to do damage. Heck, against the Raiders in the game in Kansas City. He only had, what, five catches? And four of them were touchdowns, and all of them were in the red zone? This is a guy that Andy Reid seems to – he's his favorite toy, Travis Kelsey. And he finds a way to use him in the right place at the right time. He calls a place perfectly for him. And having a tight end at 33 years old have his best season in receptions, in touchdowns, and his second best season in yardage – And we're talking 1,338 yards. And it's his second best season as a pro. I mean, heck. Mahomes said it right. It's like, hey, it's just work every day. And every team in the NFL works every day. But they got to take it to another level. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. Uh, Let's listen now to Coach Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we know those third downs, they're going to be super important. When you do play a, a keep away battle per se, right? You still got to be good and efficient on third down. You still got to be good and efficient to extend drives. Um, and so, you know, we know how important third down will be, regardless of how we play. Exactly. You get the ball over on a turnover. You need to move the chains. You need to get to yourself on enemy territory. You need to get yourself in the red zone. You got to score points. Shout out to Fabian. They don't need no minus fours. They need sevens. They need touchdowns, and they they need to put as many points in the board because they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and I hate giving him his flowers because I don't like the Chiefs, but I got to speak the truth. Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're the standard bearers right now in the NFL, and the rest of the league, they need to chase them. Bobby was here with me when I was uh we were on the in the other studio earlier this year and how many fans didn't call in and it was like why are you saying that the Chiefs are the team to beat I'm like well because they've proven us over the last four years that they're the team to beat until they are not then that's the team that you need to be chasing and that's a team today that in my opinion they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl but I hope that Philadelphia stops that. And that crowd is going to be crazy, in my opinion. They're going to get rowdy for the Eagles. Nick Sirianni speaking about the fans out there in Arizona. I know Chiefs fans are very loud, and I know Philly fans are very loud, so I imagine that when both teams you know, are on defense, it's going to be loud for both teams. But we know that our fans, we're going to appreciate the support that we have from them that are there. We know that they'll travel well, and they'll be loud and rowdy for us. Yeah, let's hope they are, and let's hope they put that pressure. What do you guys think about Jalen Hurts? Will he be able to do it? Will he be able to enter that exclusive club of quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl? He wants to be a a part of it. Let's listen for uh, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the Eagles. Everybody wants to be the best, and there's only a select few uh, number of guys that take those steps and take advantage of these moments and these opportunities and um, definitely work hard for moments like this and opportunities like this. Big-time players make big-time plays and big-time moments, and there's not a bigger moment ever in a quarterback's life than being in the Super Bowl. How many players, The most of the players in the NFL history, never played in the Super Bowl? Very few have won a Super Bowl and lesser than them have been able to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. So let's see what happens. What are you guys doing on Sunday? Well, 
The big game is going to be happening, and we invite you to watch it at Doghouse Saloon Inside Resorts World, Las Vegas on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in the Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sports book on site to place your bets. Get there early. Enjoy incredible food and drink specials, followed by an amazing after party with live entertainment and dueling pianos. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football and the big game this Sunday. Also... Be sure to download the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in Las Vegas. There's a lot of props. There's a lot of bets going on. If you get on the action, I hope you end up on the winning side. I had a great time at Resorts World. Shout out to JT who invited me to the party uh, this past Friday out there at Resorts World. And what an incredible facility. I mean, it's the newest, it's top tier, it's incredible. Shortly, let's go to a break, and after it, we're going to come back with Hannah Basham from the Kansas City Chiefs Spanish radio broadcast. She's a sideline reporter. She's been on the field for two Super Bowls in the past three years. Now she's going to add a third one this Sunday in a little bit over 48 hours. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to thank God, man. The NFL, pretty much since Mahomes debuted, has been Mahomes' house. And Patrick Mahomes has been putting incredible numbers, and Travis Kelsey is hyped. To have him as his quarterback. We're back here on the JT The Brick Show. I'm your guest host for the day, Harry Ruiz. I'm in Las Vegas. Almost everybody at Raider Nation Radio is out there in Radio Row. So tune in from 2 to 5 with Q Myers. And I'm going now to the phone lines where I have somebody who's out there in Phoenix ready for the Super Bowl this Sunday. It's her third Super Bowl that she gets to cover. She's always in the sidelines reporting for the Spanish radio broadcast of the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's welcome Hannah Bassam. Hannah, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien. Hola a todos. Just here in Phoenix, getting ready for the big game. It's your third Super Bowl. What? How much has have the Chiefs changed from that first Super Bowl that you got to cover, that you got to report down on the sidelines that they beat San Francisco in, and now this one where they're going to be playing the Philadelphia Eagles? So much. The team has changed so much. I think this is the biggest thing I've learned over these years, when they played in Miami, it was kind of the initial shell shock of Patrick Mahomes entering the league, the surprise factor. No one really knew what to do with him, who he was, what he could do. And it felt like they kind of were, you know, easily taking that season. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. And then uh, the Super Bowl that they lost against Tampa was really interesting. They had a really banged up kind of O-line situation. Patrick was having trouble getting time to pass around and on top of that, um, Tom Brady said something really interesting. It was the land of COVID, time of COVID at that time. He said the conditions were right for him. He said he had more time than he had ever had in his career to sit in quiet and focus on the game. When he said that during the week before the game, I knew 
the Chiefs were probably in for trouble because Tom is the greatest of all time. And um, those, those conditions really worked in his favor. And now we're seeing a completely different team this year, a completely different uh, Patrick, in my opinion. And I think it's just going to be a joy for, for everyone to watch. A lot of folks doubted the Kansas City Chiefs once Tyreek Hill was traded over to the Miami Dolphins. What has worked so well for the Chiefs? I mean, besides the obvious of having Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game, on the roster. Yeah, other than having, you know, Patrick and Travis, the best to ever do it, they really revamped the O-line you see, you know, with Creed Humphrey, just rock-solid center since the last Super Bowl. That's really improved. You know, what's really surprising about this year was how fantastic the Chiefs did in the draft. They've really depended on some rookies, especially in the secondary, who have done an incredible job. You'll definitely get to see that in the Super Bowl. It is not a fluke. These guys are really talented. Um, you know, and on top of that, Patrick has had the opportunity over the entire season to improve his connection with his new receivers. He has a you know a plethora of new receivers, Juju, Watson, Pacheco as a receiver, Kadarius Tony who joined in the middle of the season, and MBS compared to the you know Pringle D Rob uh, duo of, of of the years prior. So you're really seeing that connection with Patrick and his new receivers. You're seeing the O line just play really well at these times, and then you're seeing these really talented rookies just impress every single week. We're talking with Hannah Bassam from the Kansas City Chiefs Spanish radio broadcast. She's on the sidelines reporting and doing an amazing job at it. Hannah, we've seen those numbers from the Philadelphia Eagles with 70 sacks this past season. And you mentioned in the last Super Bowl that the Chiefs played against the Bucks, they had some offensive line issue, problems or a situation there. Now facing a defense as dominant as the Eagles have been this year, what can the Chiefs do to try to limit that damage? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fantastic challenge. I think the Eagles are probably, you know, one of the best in, in the country. And, um, you know, it's going to be a fantastic matchup. I think, you know, when you watch Creed Humphrey, he's just really an impressive, rock-solid force anchor on that O-line. You've obviously got some incredibly talented players, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley, the vet who's been through it all. So, I think they're going to be um, prepared, and I think that they uh, just have played so well this season. This is kind of the ultimate challenge for them. Absolutely. And now looking at the other side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, you look at their defense. Jalen Hurts, you look at A.J. Brown, you look at Devontae Parker. What can the Chiefs do, or did you see this season that has you with a higher level of confidence that they could get the job done? Yeah, I do have a high level of confidence. You know, we, we um, in the AFC, we've seen a lot of fantastic quarterback-receiver um, combos, especially when you consider the Bengals, the Chiefs played the Bengals twice. They did a really good job compared with the previous season of guarding some of the just amazing, talented players, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, for example. So I'm confident that, you know, the rookies have seen the caliber of talent they're going to find from um, from the Eagles receivers as well. Definitely going to be a challenge, but I think these rookies are ready for it. I think it's going to be a really cool moment for them to showcase their skills on the on the big stage. I know people probably have doubts whether they can do it just because they are rookies. They themselves do not consider them with themselves rookies anymore, but I think they're going to get to show off um, the incredible talent they have and the, the really great job that the Chiefs organization has done developing them since the draft.
So AFC Championship Sunday, I had to work that day, and I was actually with my headphones working while listening to you guys, to Kike, to Tico, to you down on the field. And that was something that Kike brought up during the broadcast, the experience or lack thereof in the secondary of the Chiefs. Tell me who we got to keep our eye on in that secondary. You know, I think um, Trent McDuffie is someone you have just got to watch. He has been so effective, so effective to the point you probably haven't heard too much about him. And he's been effective in a season where he injured himself. If you guys recall, the Chiefs played at State Farm Stadium against the Arizona Cardinals to kick off the season. They will be returning there for the final game of the season. Trent McDuffie was hurt in that game. He missed four or five games from an injury, but then he just came roaring back. He's been extremely effective. Like I said, so effective you haven't really heard from him. And then there's this incredible rookie, Jalen Watson, who's been an absolute playoff interception machine. He's been just um, really being the important player in just the special moments. I think you'll get to see uh, both of them as well as, as Joshua Williams. We're chatting with Hannah Bassam from the Spanish radio broadcast of the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to Tico Sports doing an amazing job. You can listen to their broadcast. If you're not in Kansas City, you can listen to them on a desktop, on a laptop, on a computer. If you're in Kansas City, you can listen to them on your phone. Hannah, uh, these Chiefs, do they need to win this game to become a legacy? Or is their winning as of late these past four years, do they already make them a legacy in your opinion? Oh, in my opinion, they are absolutely already a legacy. Such a tremendous um, victory to get to the Super Bowl after the uh, after the uh, injuries we saw in the last two weeks, especially to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. To really see them pull through those really serious injuries was a victory in my eyes. They don't need to win to become uh, the legacy this year. They've already done it. Patrick has established himself as one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. It is an absolute pleasure to get to watch him every week. I think he will impress everybody this Sunday, no matter what happens. Absolutely. I'll tell you my honest opinion. They need that win to be over 500 and be like, hey, we don't need to win two more Super Bowls to be over 500. But that's my opinion. Of course, you have yours. And here we share what everybody has to say. Patrick Mahomes. Talk to me about him. How special do you have you? You've been able to see him pretty much his whole career. Yeah, exactly. I, I joined the broadcast the same year he was drafted. I've gotten to see him from uh, being the backup quarterback to the starter. The thing about Patrick Mahomes that a lot of people may not know is um, how much he develops day in and day out, how much he progresses physically, strength-wise, um, with his technique, but also how he's improved just with his awareness of, of defenses, how he's improved with his patience in the pocket. If you can see it's some replays of how he played with his injured ankle. You can see his spatial awareness really avoiding any further injury to that ankle while still playing at that extremely high level. Just beyond impressive. He's the most humble, generous, sweet guy. He still introduces himself, um, you know, by saying, hello, mister, hello, missus. You know, I'm Patrick Mahomes, as if he had to introduce himself to anybody. He's got that really sweet East Texas personality, just a humble, smart, hardworking guy who's uh, blessed beyond belief with just, and natural talent. Are you cool if I ask your prediction for the game? Absolutely. I predict that the Chiefs will win. They're going to be extremely difficult to stop. I'm uh, assuming it's going to be somewhat of a high-scoring game, somewhere in the 27s, 30 rounds, but I think it'll be really close and come down to the last few minutes. 
uh, who gets the ball last, that sort of thing. Yeah, and we've seen some Super Bowls. I mean, the last very high-scoring Super Bowl that I recall, uh, you got to go back to, what was it, 52? The last one that yeah. Philly was in, the Philly special game, 41-33 to <laughs> against New England. And since then, I mean, heck, that – Patriots Rams Super Bowl. I wish we all wish we could forget it. Thirteen to three, the game between the Chiefs and the Niners, thirty-one to twenty. It was all right. Tampa against the Chiefs, thirty-one to nine. Ah, blowout. Right. <laughs> Rams Cincinnati. It was a good game, twenty-three to twenty. But I hope we do get a high-scoring game because those of us that don't have a team in it, we prefer just seeing scoring on scoring on scoring. Do you think it could become one of those games, or do you think there's going to be like? They're going to be prudent and be like, no, let's not risk much. I think there's a potential, but I think that these two defenses are really uh, very impressive, and I think they're probably maybe both underrated on each side. So I don't think the defenses are going to allow you know the highest scoring game of all time. But I know most people will be cheering along with Donna Kelsey. She says she's team offense. You know, she wants it to be the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time, so she can see both her boys uh, doing well on each side of the ball. But I think these defenses are going to um, show up and have some impressive moves and plays as well that's going to be just as exciting as a touchdown. I can't wait. Sunday, the Super Bowl in Arizona, Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, the Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I've heard that a lot of the money is on the Eagles. So the Chiefs, I mean, as an un- Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. We haven't said that much. No, and we personally in Kansas City love when he's an underdog, kind of a as if he needed any more fire under his belly, but he certainly uh, responds well to the underdog narrative. They all do. They were the underdogs against Cincinnati. That really fueled them. They spoke to us after the game about how that didn't sit well with them, especially since they were at Arrowhead. So we personally like feeling like we're the underdogs. We know that um, both teams are just so talented. I think this has got to be one of the most equally matched teams we've seen in so long. It's just It's just a real treat. Let's hope it's an amazing one. What have you heard about the fans? I mean, you would think that after being in three Super Bowls over the last four years, they might not be going to the Super Bowl in the same numbers as in the past, though the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Do you think Philly might outnumber them at the stadium, or do you think the Chiefs fans will be representing out there? I know the Chiefs fans will be representing. I'm here in Phoenix. I've seen the Chiefs fans representing already. They are so dedicated to their team. I know that um, after losing the last Super Bowl, after losing the way we did last year in the season, Chiefs fans are not taking this for granted at all. They are here. They are ready to support. You will definitely hear them in the national anthem before the game starts. I think it'll be um, absolute crazy fan bases here in Phoenix. Follow Hannah Bassam, the sideline reporter for the Spanish radio broadcast with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hannah with one N underscore la la underscore tejana tejana with a j and hannah tell us what you got going on because i also hear you doing basketball out there in kansas i sure am i am also broadcasting kansas city athletics men's and women's basketball games this season so you can listen to me there the tico sports teams also cover home games for the kansas jayhawks basketball team and then we'll be doing some more stuff once football season rolls around. But basketball season, you know, is in full swing right now. You can listen to us calling uh, Kansas City Athletics. Absolutely. I got to give you and the whole crew at Tico Sports a huge shout-out because you guys do an amazing job covering not only Kansas City Chiefs games – 
at the stadiums on the road wherever you're at, but also doing it with collegiate sports. And that's something big for the Latino community that keeps growing a lot, not only in over here, the western side of the United States where, you know, California, Nevada, Texas, we got a lot of Latinos, but also out there in Kansas City, you wouldn't imagine it if you're not there. There's a lot of Latino fans and you guys are their connection. So shout out to you, Hannah. Shout out to Kike. Shout out to Tico, to a whole crew of Tico Sports. You guys do an amazing job and now let's hope the rest of the NFL catches up to you guys someday. That's right and you know the Tico team had five teams all five teams went to the playoffs this year our team is also in this another team in the Super Bowl we have the Philadelphia Eagles broadcast if you'd like to hear the Spanish broadcast of the Philadelphia Eagles you can also listen through Tico Sports but through the lens of Philly fans as well so it's been a real honor to do the work this year. Fantastic. Follow Hannah Bassam on social media. She does an amazing job there as well. Muchísimas gracias, Hannah. Y, uh, ¿Por qué eres tú? Buena suerte. Usted y vamos, Chiefs. There you go. Thank you, Hannah. She'll be the only person that I let say vamos, Chiefs, on these airwaves. She's a cool person. She does an amazing job. She's a great professional. And also, by the way, she's from El Paso, Texas. I lived in El Paso, Texas for almost five years. I was out there uh Tuesday, Wednesday, I flew back on Thursday. I was out there for All Elite Wrestling. They had an incredible show out there. If you're getting together with your friends at home and doing a carne asada, doing a barbecue to watch the game on Sunday, you better go and buy some Modelos before they sell out because I can guarantee you this weekend they're going to sell out. Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with fighting spirits. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports Chicago, Illinois. By the way, shout out also to my friend Tiffany McNeil who is listening to the show. I always see her out at the tailgates at Lot J during Raiders game days having a great time with her megaphone yelling Raiders in other fans ears and always representing the silver and black also of course we want to have all the Raider Nation representing with their colors at this Sunday I mean even if they're not playing you got a rep shout out to Tiffany shout out to Adam who is also tuning in today here on the JT the Brick Show if you want to come through and talk about Raiders football, about what you think is going to go down on the Super Bowl, our phone lines are open, 702-365-9200. Let's go to a break, and let's come back to talk a little bit about hoops, because this Wednesday night, a mega trade happened, and now there's another super team in the league. Let's go to a break. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio. the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Royce O'Neal in his face, hands in his face. Tatum puts it to the floor, attacks, puts it off the window and in. Scored in the foul and the Celtics take a giant step towards win number 31. Of course Bobby was going to play a Boston Celtics highlight. He's a huge Celtics fan. They got 
the best record in the Eastern Conference right now. And I'm pretty sure those top four teams in the Eastern Conference are very happy with the moves that the Brooklyn Nets did over the past week. Kyrie Irving, he pretty much forced his way out of Brooklyn saying, I want to get traded. He said it. And he got it done. In the NBA, the players have all the power in the world. They're the ones that control the league. They're the ones that say what they want to do. And, I mean, pretty much they got to thank LeBron James for that. He's the man that started it all. In the past, you would have players that be like me or him, like Shaq and Kobe. But they weren't doing, like, these kind of moves now that you feel like the front office is the guys that are the guys that are on the field, not the guys that are actually with the GM or the executive vice president of whatever, whatever, with the title in front of their names. No. You know the players, they control the league, and they can pretty much, if they have the juice, they're going to force things to happen. And now you look at the Celtics and the Bucks. And they're going to be the top two fighting for that Eastern Conference title. The Sixers, they're right there. Joel Embiid is having a great season. He's more than likely the MVP, in my opinion. I know that you're going to say a couple of names out there from Boston Brown, Tatum. Oh, you're going to go with uh, Nicola from Denver. Okay. That guy, he already won two. They got to share the love with other people. He's good. Yeah, no, he's... He's definitely good. You would prefer to be a champion, and that's what the Phoenix Suns, they're trying to do. And I'm pretty sure Nikola Jokic, he said, damn, now I got to play against Durant too and compete against him in my own conference? And that's what happened. Kyrie Irving forced him his way out, and where did he go? Dallas. Who does Nikola Jokic have to play in the Western Conference cha- uh, playoffs? Potentially the Dallas Mavericks. And then they trade Kevin Durant over to the Suns. And boy, did Brooklyn get a haul. They got, when I, I I was eating wings with my friends, and I'll send them a quick shout-out out there in El Paso after watching Dynamite Live. Um, Cesar Contreras, Jesus Rosales, Jose Gudinho, my buddy Oscar, O-Town. We were having some wings. or Well, they were having wings. I was having a burger. And then one of the TV screens had ESPN on. And then... It pops up about the trade. And I was like, what? Really? Damn. The trade was nuts. The Let me see right here. I want to pull it up. That way I can, because it was so much that I have to have the, the, the names and the draft picks here. The Suns received Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. The Nets received Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Juan Pablo Baulet, the 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick, and the 2029 first-round pick from the Phoenix Suns. They That also includes a 2028 first-round pick swap from Phoenix, a 2028 and 2029 second-round pick from Milwaukee. The Bucks received Jay Crowder. The Pacers received George Hill, Serge Ibaka, George Nwora, three future second-round picks, sorry, and cash considerations. That's a crazy trade. But also, the Suns, now they don't care about going out over the luxury tax. They got a new owner. That new owner is loaded, and that new owner, it's his toy. So now it's going to be him and Balmer from the Los Angeles Clippers trying to buy a title. They're going to be like, yo, we got, we can go over. Let's do it. 
Keep spending, bring me a championship. And you know the Clippers, they're going to open a brand new arena in a couple of years out there in Inglewood. They want to do it with a winning team, and they've been trying to do it. And I'll give a, I'll give Palmer credit. He's the kind of owner I like. He's spending on his team. He's investing on his team. But my favorite part about him, even though I don't like the Clippers because I'm a Laker supporter, I'm waiting until LeBron retires to go back to being a fan. Uh, what I like about Balmer is that he's there courtside. And, yeah, you see gifts about him dancing and putting his hands up and going crazy. I prefer seeing my owner like that, having fun, enjoying it, being a fan, not just being up there in a suite by himself or with his family and watching the game with a face that you're like, damn, I want my owner to be a little bit happier. So shout out to uh, Balmer out there with the L.A. Clippers. But, damn, the Suns, they were able to land Kevin Durant. And I, I I don't know why Kevin Durant isn't considered the same way as LeBron, where he went over to Golden State pretty much chasing a ring, and he got it. Then he went over to Brooklyn, and he wanted to be the man again there, and he wasn't able to take the Nets to the championship. And now he's over in Phoenix, where it's interesting because is he the man again, or does he have to share that title with a homegrown talent like Booker? Booker is the fan favorite out there. Yeah, they have CP3, but you know that ain't going to last long. He's in his last legs in the NFL. Sorry, NBA. Sorry, I talk football so much that when I talk about hoops, I my, my brain still talks about football. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And now, Dallas, Luka Doncic, he's one of the biggest stars in the league, has a counterpart right there in his own team that you're like, hey, you know what? They might be cooking something out there in Dallas with Mark Cuban as the owner. And let's listen to Kyrie Irving what his reaction to the trade that happened between Phoenix and the Brooklyn Nets. Well, it's not the first time we'll be in competition as brothers. You know, I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Uh, we had a lot of conversations throughout the year of, you know, what our futures were going to look like. There was still a level of uncertainty, but we just cared about seeing each other be places that uh, we can thrive. And whether that be together or whether that be apart, there's never been one moment where I felt like he's been angry at me for decisions I've made or I've been angry at him. Um, we've just tried to understand each other a lot better and grow as human beings, grow as brothers. Um, you know, his business changes so quickly. He's getting a little bit older. I'm getting a little bit older. I just love the competition now that we can be in the same conference and, and I welcome all that. You know, get to see him a little bit more, probably playing against Phoenix a lot more. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Everything else in, in between, I, I just am glad that uh, he got out of there. There you. I'm glad he got out of there. Damn. I hadn't heard that part, Bobby. Wow. That talks to you about the Nets, about what's going on out there. They don't like it. They don't like Brooklyn. Do you think it would have been better if they had gone to New York? Or do you think it was just management? Do you think it was ownership? What was going on out there in Brooklyn? You know, there's an old Aesop's fable about the boy who cried wolf. Over go. and over and over. It was never his fault in Cleveland, never his fault in Boston, not his fault in Brooklyn. I don't know about you all, man. You live your lives how you choose to. But when I see somebody that has a pattern of negative behavior, I usually tend to stay away from them because I know, as my friend Piggy told me a long time ago, if someone does something, stupid thing, stupid thing, stupid thing, stupid thing, smart thing, stupid thing, stupid thing, smart thing, stupid thing, stupid thing, what do you think the next thing he's going to do is going to be? 
Yeah, well, it's there's a higher possibility it's a stupid thing than a smart thing, right? Exactly. You could translate that right up to Kyrie Irving. Will he be okay for the next couple of months because he wants to get that max contract? We'll see. But I guarantee, sure as I'm sitting here, sooner or later, he's going to go off the deep end again. He always does, and he always will. Yeah, he always figures out, he always figures out a way to find himself in deep waters and finding himself how to swim out of them. But, yeah, Cleveland, top overall pick in all the draft in 2011. Then he went to Boston, and folks in Boston don't like him much after being there from 2017 to 2019. Brooklyn, 2019 to 2023, and now Dallas. It's his fourth team. Okay, look, but you got to remember, this is not a personality. It's not a matter of we don't like you because you're a bad person. He's a hell of a basketball yeah. player. It's all the BS that he pulls off the court. Yeah, he's look, a ho- look, 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 look what he cost Brooklyn last, last year. Look at every time. Look at the stuff with the vaccinations. Look at the stuff where he had to take four games off to go to a birthday party for his sister. Okay? Look at the, look at the body of evidence that this guy produces over the past five, six years. You want to give him that kind of money? You go right the bleep ahead. I sure ain't going to be involved. And the thing is, when you're a professional athlete, when it's hoop season, you should be focused 100% in hoops. You can't be doing – yeah, you you might have a birthday party you want to go to. How many athletes have missed their son's birthdays, their son's graduations because they're out of town for a game? That's what you're getting paid for. You have that big mansion. You have that Ferrari in your garage because you're getting paid to play. You're getting paid to do your thing. Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, he absolutely needs to get more focused on his real – on the most important part right now when he's playing. And then there's the concept of load management. Oh, my God. What a load of crap that is. Come on now. You play three times a week and, oh, I have, I got, I got a hangnail. I can't play. God, I, I wish Will Chamberlain was alive so he could come up and slap the happy dog crap out of some of these people, man. Yeah, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, he never took a night off. Mm. He wanted Larry, every- Larry Bird taking a night off because he just didn't feel well. He was tired Heck. after a back-to-back. Give me a bleeping break. Come Kobe, on Kobe, remember when he got hurt? And he was, like, carried over to the bench, but then he had to walk back to shoot a free throw to then get taken out of the game again. He would take that free throw. He's, yeah, he was hurting. He wasn't going to let anybody in the bench to go take that free throw. He's like, nah, I'm going in. And now you got the year of load management. Speaking of load management, how about Kevin Durant? And you're, you're a sports guy. You could probably answer this for me. I don't know. I couldn't care less about the guy. But has he ever played an entire 82-game schedule ever? Maybe early in his career. OKC or, well, Seattle. He's a Seattle guy, Seattle Supersonics. I'll check the the stats right now, but he this used to, a, but now This it's kid's a, a China doll. He's, he's basically the basketball equivalent of Chris Sale. <laughs> there you go. Another character that goes off the rails very often. So he played 82 games in the 2009-2010 season, but that was it. If you are having a blast this Sunday, watching the Super Bowl. Keep your eye out because I'm excited to tell you that Remy Martin will have a one-minute commercial airing in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. Be sure to look for it. It's branded the biggest day deserves the finest celebration. Remy Martin 1738 Cognac is all about celebrating, remembering, and sharing great moments. Remy Martin sharing good moments. Let's go to a break. We'll be back with our number two of the JT The Brick Show.